Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to Episode 7 of Work Life 360. Today we're going to be talking about the bright and dark side of social media during the COVID-19 pandemic. But first, if you are a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. If you've been with us for a while, thank you for continuous, continuing to join with us every week as Ron and I deliver you guys with some great content every Wednesday. Leave us a view. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. And go ahead and, and just leave us a review. Let us know what you guys are thinking. Uh, today, again, is going to be all about the bright and dark sides of social media during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Rhonda, how are you today? Doing pretty good. I had a busy weekend, so I'm a little uh, parched. <laughs> Didn't hydrate enough this weekend. I'm <laughs> doing great. Thank you. How about yourself? Oh, thanks for sending, by the way, that little clip of who was that in the snow on the sled? So that was my wife and daughter. Uh, we We got about uh six to eight inches of snow on the ground here and uh we went out to the farm and did i took a a water tube and tied it to the back of the ranger and uh we uh we drove around the snow and kind of tube the kids around the the farm if you will and it was such a great time it was a blast i mean they had so much fun that looked like so much fun i had been shoveling rocks all day so Uh i would have much rather been sledding yeah no wonder your your parts there <laughs> um so action items from last time is you know we, we talked about social media and screen time and uh the action item was to to track your screen time and and kind of be a little intentional about being on social media and i i i have to honestly admit you know the the day after we recorded that i was sitting uh, kids had just went to bed and you know i always talked about that that's when i kind of get on social media and i i was sitting there and i was like no, I'm not going to do this. Uh-uh, I'm not going to get on social media. And I didn't. Uh, instead, I, um, I I picked up a book and, and actually read for about 15 minutes. That's about all, all my attention span <laughs> gives me is about 15 minutes before I'm like, oh, squirrel. <laughs> so, but I, I did consciously uh, track my uh, social media usage. And, and luckily with an iPhone, it kind of helps me do that a little bit. And uh, it was significantly less just by being aware, right, of, of being present in the moment and being present with, with the people that I'm here with. Uh, so that was that was a great takeaway. Rhonda, how, how'd you do? Well, I intentionally have limited my social media as well. And as I mentioned last episode, I'd already started to really do that based upon that movie, The Social Dilemma. I really started to limit my time and having conversation with my family because I'm in Arizona and everybody's on the East Coast. It's one of those, they like to make sure we're okay, see what we're doing. And the funny thing is, since I've already limited doing that, I've noticed the couple times that I will put something on there, less people notice it. They're going about Mm -hmm. their daily life and it's just, 
I'm more intentional about calling and having conversations and being present. And on occasion, I'll put some posts if we do a great hike or something like that. But now it's not for the intention of sharing. It's more for my husband and I to have those pictures there so that we have fun back and forth with each other. I have to say, I really do not miss it at all. I was very, Mm -hmm. very active on social media. I would say probably four years ago before I moved to Arizona. And when I moved to Arizona, one of the things that I did was I really made sure to be more socially present with people in my life. I deleted all my other accounts other than Facebook. So I really don't use anything for personal use. And I don't miss it at all. I have so much more time to focus on things that really matter versus you know, checking out what everybody's doing in pictures. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's amazing. That's a, originally kind of what Facebook was for is, you know, the pictures and the journey and the, um, you know, sharing stories. And, and now it's, it's a little more than that. Right. Um, and I think if it hasn't happened already in the very near future, there's going to be, you know, in, in primary education, there's going to be social media classes. Um, raising the awareness, raising the, the, the in, intent behind, you know, what social media is and how do we, how do we navigate it in a safe and, and healthy manner? Um, because again, I know I mentioned this in the last episode is we are still in the infancy stages of social media. Um, people are still trying to figure it out. People are still trying to navigate through the, the likes and dislikes and, you know, is this for me? Is it not? You know, am I being targeted for to buy this, you know, dog collar or am I being targeted to, you know, go on this vacation? Um, You know, is this am I actually free? Am I a free willing, free thinking person or is is big tech kind of controlling us? And that's that big topic Um, kind of plays into today's topic. Okay, we're going to talk about some COVID-19 and in social media. Um, again, another first, a first pandemic during the social media time, right? There's a lot of good and there's also some not so good, um, you know, kind of the bright sides and dark sides. And, you know, one of the things that, that this article was talking about was the amount of misinformation that is being portrayed as, as true information, otherwise known as fake news, fake news, this, fake that. You know, and then people were turning to social media for their news outlets and political bias aside, like journalism still has integrity, whereas social media, there's no governing body that says that, yes, this is uh, factual or yes, it's, you know, reputable. You know, anybody could say anything on social media and count it as as factual. Uh, So there, there was a lot of misinformation out there, especially as it becomes it pertains to, you know, social distancing, masks, washing hands, um, you know, a lot of the, the early precautions that were being rolled out. Uh, it, it, it played a big dif- It played a huge difference. And then kind of on the bright side, you know, we were able to to get on social media and, and see that we weren't the only ones facing this challenge. You know, um, everybody felt the discomfort of having to transition from being in an office to working from home or, you know, extra long hours if you were a nurse or, uh, you know, we were able to to kind of through a glass, you know, you're 
your screen, whatever it is, kind of get a glimpse into other people's reality as well. It really made us feel more connected globally and feel more compassionate and empathy for one another. And a lot of people were really good about being honest and communicating in an authentic compassionate way. Mm -hmm. And then there were some behaviors that whether consciously or unconsciously falling into those same traps of hoarding toilet paper, (laughs) overbuying cleaner products. And we have a tendency to fall into those impulsive buying habits and create all this anxiety as a result of the phenomena unfolding on social media without actually having the facts. And I think early on, we did a pretty good job globally in how we were responding. But like with anything like Facebook or the creation of social media, the intention was good. And then it just spun out of control. And there was a lot of misinformation, fake cures, people giving (laughs) their testimony as to what they were doing and making recommendations and that stuff spreads globally. And then next thing you know, when we're talking to one another, oh, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And this, we're just socially, again, driven to say what we're learning, whether it's mm-hmm. fact or not fact and being a little more discreet and being a little more intentional about figuring out where this information is coming from and being mindful of the fact that what is showing up in our feeds is trying to influence us to be impulsive and it's not necessarily always the best way to go. Oh, you're right. And a couple of things there, like going back just a couple of seconds, but why toilet paper? <laughs> of all the things that that we need to survive, okay, why toilet paper? This this. This blows my mind. And I know that there's jokes out there about it, but I just, I still don't understand why it was toilet paper. Yeah, that was our ornament for 2020. <laughs> it was. Yeah, exactly. And and Rhonda, maybe you can help me out with this, but I know that there's probably a, a, a term for it, but it's essentially when somebody sees something on social media, they see something and they believe it's factual and they go to try to tell somebody else and it's like they're regurgitating what they just saw but basing it as if like they got the emotion and the charge behind it. What, that's what's that called? That's kind of like we're mirroring other people's behaviors and mm. their feelings. We see what other people are doing and then we have a natural tendency to want to create those same behaviors unconsciously within ourselves, with the hopes that this is going to create a sense of safety for us, that hierarchy of needs that we have to have food, shelter, and a safe environment. And for some reason, toilet paper, very subjective in the moment. A lot of that, again, goes to how in tune we are with our perceptions of what's going on and what we think, why is this happening? And having some type of rationale of understanding according toilet paper is probably not going to be the best thing for us collectively. That natural inclination to kind of cope with stress and do it in a way that feels like it's going to help us feel safer. So we go out and we impulsively buy things and hoard it. And then we feel like we're going to be safe. The more we understand that, then we can kind of dial back and rethink, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And then become more mindful. Again, it all goes back to that mindfulness about what's happening. Where's the information coming from? What kind of feeling am I having about that? Do I feel vulnerable or do I have myself together and say, hey, you know, I know that there are people out there in charge of 
production and it's not the end of the world. It's, I don't have to buy five cases of something to feel safe. So it's just that sense of wanting to feel safe. Yeah. And I mean, people have used the internet to search for all sorts of things, whether it's WebMD, whether it's a vehicle, whether it, you know, the news. But when we're talking about, you know, in, in a pandemic and, you know, all the, the news searches that were going on and all the misinformation, um, a study out of Japan showed that out of the 12 most popular YouTube videos that were related to COVID-19, a quarter of them contained misinformation. And then around just over 16% of the tweets and hashtags related to COVID-19 actually exploited the content for as advertisement and redirected uh, the users to irrelevant topics, you know, so it kind of misled people in the wrong direction. And um, so, you know, out of 12 videos, a quarter of them being misinformation, you know, misinformation as it relates, like, you got to think those are the most popular videos. So, and I think a popular video in my standpoint or my point of view is anything with over a million views. So if that's four videos that have misinformation, that could be up to 4 million people that may believe that that's true or that's accurate. And then you kind of get that, that tidal wave effect where then they go tell four people and then they go tell four people. And mm -hmm. that's how, that I means kind of like the telephone tree, you know, uh, that we played as a kid. I'll tell you one thing and then you pass it around around the room. And next thing you know, when it comes back to you, it's something completely different. Um, same thing here. Same thing in social media, right? One of the things that I noticed right away was COVID was outside of our control, but in our control is how we're responding. And it's being open and trying to be agreeable and conscious about humanity. And this is bigger than just ourselves really helped people in their coping skills and understanding maybe what is misinformation, what's trying to light our fire and cause divide and behavioral changes that are not the best. So that goes back to that part of practicing self-care and just being present and understanding how to prioritize your health for you, for your family, and for one another. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the weird things, or not weird, everybody... We're figuring this out as we go. There's no playbook. There's no, this is what you do when this happens. But one of the uh, just really bizarre mandates that, that came out was in, in high school wrestling uh, in the state of Ohio, you could wrestle, okay, without a mask. You could wrestle. So, But after the wrestling match, you couldn't shake the opponent's hand because of COVID. Even though they just got done wrestling, you couldn't shake hands and it again i i, I heard that on the radio um I, know that you know, I, I have no idea but i sat there and i said you know do i think this is bizarre yes but i had compassion for hey again there's no playbook no state is doing well they try to say that some states are doing better than other, mm -hmm. others and some countries are doing better than others but like there's nobody that's getting all a's right now um because this is new, that we're we're writing the playbook as we go, and my hope is, ten years from now, we can look back and look at this pandemic and say, you know, we made a lot of mistakes, but this is what we learned, right? I want my grandkids to be like, oh yeah, you know, when when COVID nineteen hit, the 
the world became a better place because we learned this, this, and this. Uh, and let's learn something from the effects that social media has had on all of this. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know, there's a lot of good things. One thing that I've learned is people are extremely, extremely funny and talented. You know, some of the things that I scroll through, like there's, and I, I don't know if I can give this a shameless plug out, but I, I really enjoy the You Betcha guy. Um, he, for whatever reason, and I know he's hilarious, but uh, he's just so funny. And that's the, that's the fun side of social media. That's the, the bright side. And we've seen so much in terms of kindness and gratitude and people really opening their hearts up to the idea of practicing mindfulness, which was one of our first episodes. We talked about that. The more we practice being present in the moment, whether it's through meditation or journaling or going for a walk, going outside and looking up in the sky and having that dreamy-like experience those little things change how we use social media. And my hope is that once whatever this work life is going to look like, is that we don't forget the positive lessons that we've learned about being compassionate, saying please, saying thank you, appreciating the little gifts in life and feeling a sense of community of inclusion and diversity and understanding that each one of us plays a role in our collective success as people on this planet Earth. And for people who I had some heart to hearts with, it's really been about trying to not judge other people based upon their behaviors that we do not necessarily agree with. Because honestly, there's something going on there. There's some type of trauma or lack of social support, education, something in their life is creating this anxiety where maybe they're not following protocol. We have no control over anyone else. We just have control over how we show up, how we manage situations, how we deal with it. Trying to notice when your antennas spark up and defuse it the best way you can and understand that everybody's in a different place mentally and we all are in different places mentally based upon different facets of our life, how we feel, how healthy we are, the stress in our life, any transitions we're going through. Our emotions are on a continuum. They're going to go up and down and social media plays to that and just being more aware of that can help us all be a healthier society. That's amazing. I So, let me ask you, Rhonda, so if if you do find yourself or if somebody does find themselves uh, relying on social media for their news and, and doesn't really trust, um, you know, your, your big your big mainstream media, you know, what's how does somebody get news without being influenced? I think the first thing you have to do is examine yourself. Why are you looking at social media? What do you have a bias towards as far as news? And where did that come from? So kind of dialing back to even how we were brought up as children and what our parents or people within our communities, like where did they go to for information? And then understanding the intention. What's the intention behind where that news is coming from? Is there a reason that they're giving you this information? And, and then just thinking about on a personal level, 
examining what you're reading and trying to see if they're trying to influence you. We know when we read an article or see something, if there's a bias there or are they just giving us the facts? I would say try to find the facts, which is kind of hard to do, but if you really look, you can discern where to go for that information. And it's all about your intention. What are you looking for? Why are you looking for it? Are you looking to get a rise? Or are you looking to really find information so that you can protect yourself and your family? And then go from there. But being aware of our biases and how they're going to play into where we're going to look for resources. Mm -hmm. So where? let me ask you, and let me kind of take it a step further back, but what is our, so as, as, as human beings, what is our desire to be in the know? Like, what is that? What's that purpose? Like, why do we want to be in the know? We're just naturally curious humans, right? So we're kind of goes back to all that neurobiology stuff and that desire to move forward. It's innate in us. Same idea of understanding why we can't stay off social media. We just naturally are inclined to want to seek information that creates that dopamine and oxytocin connections of pleasure. So that causes us to seek and search. That's our RAM power that we've talked about. And small bits of information create these reward cues in our mind and that excitement that we get from news or from social media. And that pool of dopamine is so strong that we have a hard time resisting it. These chemicals create that desire to keep looking for information and news. And as humans, that's a part of our physiology. That's a part of what makes us move forward, get up out of bed, go about our day. We just are built in a way to move forward. And we can go back to our primitive times. Naturally, we were always seeking and searching. The desire to travel and discover new land and explore space and all of that is that desire to learn and to grow. Kind of just innate. Mm-hmm. As creatures, yeah. we, we are thinkers. Our brains are constantly thinking. Whatever it is that we've used in the past to learn and to grow, there are always new ways of learning and growing and just being open to that. Being open to that growth mindset, we have that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also, so now there's a new new job title out there that, again... Never in a million years would, would I ever have thought this would be a job title, but a, a social media influencer. Their full-time job is to to influence people. Good, bad, negative, positive, it doesn't matter. Um, and and when we think of, of an influencer, just the word itself, we think of positive influence. Well, there's there's also negative influence. There's also uh social media influencers out there that are shall we say misinformed shall mm-hmm. we say biased to extreme bias to one side or another or you know whether it be that this whole covid-19 is a is created and stirred up by the government to get everybody to i don't know wear masks or something whatever you know kind of like the uh the tinfoil hat or you, then you've got the opposite side where they think this is the the end of the earth and we're all going to you know perish because of COVID-19 and we're never going back to the normal. Like there's influencers on both sides. And so what, what's really important is these people have 
influence, for lack of a better term. Like they, they have power, right? They, they can shape and mold minds and create decisions based on who they are. And um, we have to go into, into our social outlets knowing that these people are 100% one way. Like nothing's going to change your mind. Um, and, and that's just, I don't know, kind of di- let that digress for a second. Yeah. So I've, I've heard both sides of the argument about social influencers and it's kind of like goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, where do you get your news from? Who's funding that when people do product reviews on Amazon and then you find out, Mm -hmm. oh, they're getting paid for this or Mm -hmm. Google reviews. There are good folks with good intentions trying to influence our behaviors, really, and what we're spending our money on or where we're spending our time. For me, if I'm not growing as a person and learning, I just don't have time. If it's somebody that I see, they're trying to create an environment of inclusion and celebrating life and giving back. There's quite a few creating some joy during the day. Yeah. Kind of a weird thing that happened on the news over the weekend. Well, actually, I think it happened last week was there was those teachers on a school board meeting and they didn't know that they were broadcasting to everybody. They thought it was a closed room. And... And they they had a conversation that should have been behind closed doors, but wasn't. They've all had to resign, and um, you know, kind of rightfully so. I, it's it's a shame, you know. I'm sure those discussions take place regardless. Okay, if it was behind closed doors, that they probably would have said the same thing, but it got out. So leaving your footprint and leaving um, your markers out there, as far as likes, dislikes, it, it all. It all comes back. Got to be super careful. This is, I know we're talking a lot about social media, but I mean, you can't do anything these days without some sort of digital footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you, you post an article or you share something or, and it can come back to haunt you. It, you know, I'm sure with getting into a little bit of law and, and, uh, if, if you were to do something bad, okay, heinous, whatever, they, First thing they go now is where? Social media. What did you post? What did you do? How long have you been on social media? How many hours? Like what what pages did you follow? You know, and that that all comes back. So um use it for the good and and use it for the right reasons and, and stay away from the, the the darkness of 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 social media. There's a lot of people that get caught up in peer pressure and cyberbullying and um I mean it's real. It it is real. Uh, people, young kids are very much influenced by these social media influencers. And I know I'm, I'm kind of bringing it back to the social media influencers, but um, very big topic that that is serious. And I know there's lots of talk about it. It's it's in everybody's lives, but it has to be done the right way. I cannot stress that enough. And to conclude this episode, this episode, we're going to we're going to do something a little bit different. And Rhonda, I this is breaking news. I didn't share that because I just made it up two seconds ago. Is this ago. real news or fake news? It's going to be real news, but there's going to I'm going to give a little insight to our next episode. So I was on social media and there was a video that I think plays such an important role into what we're, what we're all about. And I'll kind of paint the picture and then we're going to dive in in our ne- next episode. But have you ever been laying in bed? You know, you get up in the morning and you're exhausted. You're just tired. You're tired all day. All you want to do is take a nap. And you get home 
and you go to the gym and you're you got all this energy, right? Like somebody just gave you a five hour energy and you're full of energy and then you know you're having a great time and it's time to go to bed, but you can't fall asleep. There's a reason for that. And there's actually a scientific word and I'm sure Rhonda already knows, but next episode we're gonna talk all about it and it's gonna make perfect sense. And we're gonna talk about how to deal with with the sleep, okay? Because that's the problem is you're not getting enough sleep, but the importance that that sleep has in your day to day. So guys, this guys and gals, this ends our episode of Work Life 360. We hope you enjoyed. Got a couple good tips, tricks, takeaways. Be well and stay safe out there. Thanks everybody. Thanks for joining us and look forward to this next conversation. It's going to be a good one. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes, any links, any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.